Hello and welcome to West Underground. Today, I am super stoked and super excited because we're doing an interview with the Velvet Starlings. And this is sick because, you know, this is our first international interview. And, uh, you know, dude, I just want to hear like the story of your band and also like, you know, what, what life is like in, uh, you know, living it up in uh, L.A. Yeah, dude. So thanks for having Velvet Starlings on. We're super psyched to be here. Sadly, it's just me. The rest of the Starlings could not make it. But uh, yeah, dude, basically how we started off the top. Uh, I started playing guitar and doing farmers markets and stuff and eventually started playing some shows. And the current lineup of the band is me on guitar and keys. And then we got Foster on drums and then his brother, Hudson on bass and we met at a cage the elephant show like two years ago oh wow and if they knew all the chords to like or all the drum and bass parts to like every cage the elephant jack white the who all that stuff and those are all my favorite bands and i know the guitar chords so we just started jamming and uh made a record yeah and it was our yeah. TV record and it's called pacific standard time and we were super excited for it to come out but then COVID happened so we ended up not putting it out and we made another record in the lockdown, like in my living room. And yeah. that has become what our new debut album is. And it's called Technicolor Shakedown. So we have our, our second record already made and completed uh, that's going to come out next year. But our new album, our first album is coming out on September 29th. So cool man and like you know your music has you know i was saying to you off before we started this you know when when you know um when you joined the zoom chat i didn't know if we we're going to be interviewing liam gallagher or you know because your music is so you know you can hear the the uk influences in it and um, i was going to ask the story like did you did you meet in the uk or did you form your band in la no we actually met yeah we I'm from Santa Monica, so yeah. like beach area, and then they live in Orange County, yeah. a place called San Clemente, and we actually met like five minutes from my house, uh, Cage the Elephant, they did like this private show at the studio that they recorded their last album at, and uh, I won tickets to it, and then they knew someone who had tickets, and just worked out from there, they came yeah. to a couple of shows, and then over quarantine like in covid we just started playing together and here we are that's a cool story man like not many you know we've interviewed lots of bands and like you're the first band to have started or met each other at a at a gig you know that's pretty cool and uh like you know what's what's the reception like to to your music you know in the in the states like are, are people confused like when they you know because it's you know, I could, you know i could imagine you know you guys just fucking popping off in like the in like the uk or through europe but like what's the and in, even over here in australia you know but like what's the reception like in the states it's actually pretty cool because what's happening right now uh basically like the site garage scene kind of started i would want to say with like you know the ocs and ty siegel those are some of the biggest names and they all come out of la but then you got the other side with Psychedelic Corn Crumpets and King Gizzard and all. It's the same sound, basically, that's happening in Australia. And I think it's because King Gizzard, they all saw the OCs in Australia in like 2009. Yeah. And they kind of got into that thing. And then they, you know, put out Mind Fuzz on Castle Face. And it's just kind of a 
a thing where it's a huge community of the people who like psych rock and like the you know neo psych garage psych punk thing so everyone's kind of doing that here in LA and then in Australia and then there's there's bands in the UK who are doing it too and then there's there's different levels of it like you know some bands are more punk like based from a death or then you got more who are more in the psychedelic temples you know temples there in the UK and uh yeah so the the more British side of our music over here there's certain songs that we're gonna do that are more American sounding that you know people like there's a a really big punk contingency here in oc so when we play at like house shows and stuff we're gonna try and go harder and but uh sometimes we want to do stuff that sounds more you know oasis supergrass supergrass are one of my favorite bands we had tickets to see them at the wheel turn before covid happened and then they got canceled i i hope they come back i've never seen supergrass live but um but yeah dude yeah, man, I'm sure you'll get to see Supergrass, like, uh, you know, at some at some point. But, um, like, have you got, have you got ambitions to, like, you know, come over here to 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 Sydney in Australia? Like, is that on the bucket yeah, list? Yeah, Between us, Australia is, like, the place we want to go more than anywhere. Because, Austra- like, people like rock here, of, yeah. course, of course, in in the US. But I feel like there's so, there's so many choices in LA that, you know, just, there's less of people who are into rock, not because, you know, it's just, there's not enough room because there's all these different genres that take yeah. precedent over rock in LA. There's so many people, like all my friends in high school, they all love Drake and, you know, Megan the Stallion and Cardi B and stuff like that. Whereas in Australia, I feel like, wait, like rock is still kind of number one. And, uh, you know, like King Gizzard, they're the, the, the band that everyone's talking about whereas here the stuff that everyone's talking about it's more like you know cardi b they're not talking about you know whoever the big rock band is over here at at high school or you know like like my grandmother doesn't know who king gizzard is but she should but uh yeah dude it's so weird that you keep mentioning king gizzard because i like over here i feel like tame impala is more influential than them. Oh yeah, yeah, Tame Impala. That's a, a probably a better example. I I don't use them as much because their newer stuff is more like chill way. Like it, it's like their first two records are full on, you know, rock yeah, rock music. First two records, fucking not like a, a great. And I feel like now they're slipping, but you know, that's that's my personal opinion. Yeah, they, they, yeah. Some of the production is getting more into like, you know, and I don't blame Kevin Parker. If you could have the whole world be into your music versus like this really small number of nerds on Reddit, why not? But King Gizzard, they, they have that, that the subreddit, the support for the King Gizzard. Like, I think they have 56,000 contributors and they all buy all the records and go to all the shows and follow them. Like, they have the craziest fan base. But we were talking about Australia and uh, we're actually signed to Golden Robot Records yeah. in Australia. And uh, they have a lot of also super cool bands from the UK, like the Crooks and the Dirty Laces and the Chase. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we in the contract, it says that, you know, should it be that we something happens, we go to Australia, some, some touring. Uh, that would be my biggest dream to go over there and do some snorkeling, go, go watch King Gizzard and uh, their hometown. Because, you know, over here, they play every once in a while but over there 
I've seen them post on Instagram, like we're doing five nights and we're doing all different songs every night and they're two hour sets. And like, that would be the dream going to one of those shows. Yeah, dude. Like you could totally do it. King is it? They're based in Melbourne. Yeah. I'm, I think so. Yeah. Like you, I think you would be really shocked when you go to Melbourne and you see the size of Melbourne. Like it's not very big. You could probably wow. like even go to like not find their house. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's so many awesome Australia. Like uh, when we were at Summerfest last time, we, we played this time. We got to open for the Struts. But last time we went and the day after, Courtney Barnett was there. She's one of my favorites. Dude, just, just, just take a pause there, man, because let's talk about the Struts because the Struts are fucking huge here. Like I can't emphasize that. Like the, <laughs> the Struts are big, man. Like the, you know, to, to us, like we think like the, 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 the Struts have like, you know, made it to some level. Like when they came over here, man, they're doing like, you know, um, you know, big shows and everyone just fucking loves them. Like what yeah, was it dude, like they, meeting the struts and fucking, you know, chilling with the dudes? Oh, that was awesome. Basically, uh, I went in and I asked their manager. He was there on on his computer while they were playing. And I was like, hey, so are they going to be dipping after the set? Or, you know, are they, are they going to be, be able to say hi? And he's like, why? And I was like, oh, well, you know, because <laughs> what do you mean why? And he's like, we're in a COVID protocol, man. I was like, oh, okay, so you're a dick. And then we walk away, and I was like, oh, yeah, the struts, they're not going to want to, you know, they, they got to have their masks on and everything. Me and Foster, we sat down, and then Luke is, like, doing a solo thing, like, playing on the piano, and Geth and Adam, they walk in. They're like, oh, what's up, mate? Oh, you got, and they were super nice and super chill, and they were talking about surfing, and they were like, oh, so are you from here? And we were like, oh, no, we're from Los Angeles. And they were like, oh, no way, we live in L.A. too. And uh, it was super cool because they're, they're really down to earth, chill guys. But then on stage, they just go hard. And I like I, I know some of their songs, but I remember I was talking to our tour manager, Dave, and he was like, you know, even the songs I've never heard, like, I feel like I know them because they're just that good. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I had this I had the same feeling as well when we saw him in Sydney. Because I knew a few songs when they came on. And then as soon as they play, I was like, hang on, I like this song as well. So then I put it on my Spotify playlist and everything. So you just, it, it opens up a whole, like, just familiarize. But it's just funny how you were saying that um, you want to come to Australia, but our bands in Australia want to go to America and for the, the same reason. It's so <laughs> weird. Like, you want to come here, but I guess, you know, we have to appreciate our Australian music more then we should because we want to leave Australia to be bigger. I'm like, you guys can stay here. People want to come to, from America to visit, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always going to be like that. But the bands, and yet, like, I always think about that. Like, I think about all the American bands and they all try to sing like they're British and like like the way, you know, Billy Joe from Green Day, like they, they all have that like British tinge to their voice. But then I think about like in the 60s, you know, the Who and the Rolling Stones, they all went through their freaking country phase where they tried to sound American and everyone always just tries to be what the other thing is. And that, I think that's just how life works. But uh, like, yeah, like be honest, on new record, a lot of the things are influenced by the sounds of what's coming out of Australia right now. There's so many awesome. We actually, uh, the guy who mastered our new record, Brian Lucy, I just saw he mastered Psychedelic Porn Crumpets last record they're another australian band i love them so much uh who else there's stonefield stonefield super good the babe rainbow like basically all those bands on flightless records they're like australia is killing it in the rock world right now 
Um, dude, I, you know, the, how you mentioned the psychedelic porn crumpets years at like, um, you're like in, in LA, you're drinking age is like 21. Yeah. Yeah, well, like ours is like 18. So like it was, I was freshly 18 and like like pissed at a pub and we're chatting with these dudes and like, um, you know, they're like, oh, I play in a band. And and I was like, what's the band called? And like, I sm absolutely smashed at this point. And they're like the psychedelic porn crumpets. I was like the psychedelic fucking porn crumpets. Is that your name? Anyway, after that, after that chat, you know, it just the, <laughs> like we're just having fun and we're laughing and whatever, but then, then it only dawned upon me like about a year later when I was like started to see their their fucking names start to pop up everywhere and anywhere. But it's just like such a fucking small world that you you're mentioning the psychedelic porn crumpets and like you know, you know they 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 probably live you know <laughs> a couple suburbs away. Oh, that's so cool. I mean, yeah, dude, that's the thing about like this genre of music. It wouldn't really be like that if we were in the 90s because like in the 90s, the labels kind of, there was like small pawns and they'd say, okay, this is the best band out of this. And they'd sign it and they put all their money into it. And then you have, you know, like with Nirvana, you have being really good and having a ton of money behind you. They reinforce each other, those two things. Uh, but everyone kind of had to like the same thing because, you know, you go to school and everyone's listening to Tool, you kind of have to like Tool. So everyone kind of likes the same bands because they're the famous bands but today everyone has access to all of the music in the world and no one has to buy a vinyl or buy a cd to get that it's not so much of a a community anymore in the sense that you know everyone at school is listening to it it's more that you know you have to kind of search for it. and if you're not going to find like if my friends at school don't like psychedelic porn crumpets i'm going to find someone on reddit or someone on Instagram who does. So you end up getting exposed to stuff from all over the world. And, uh, and of course, when they come to town, I'm freaking hyped to see them. I have never seen them live, but uh, they put on a crazy show from what I've seen on YouTube. And I have all three or four of their records on vinyl. Uh, I spent like $150 on uh they did a high visceral repress and like it's worth like four hundred dollars or something now uh the, the vinyl game like king gator 2 they're, they're crazy about how you can buy their stuff uh their their vinyl for you know 20 australia whatever it is and then it instantly because they sell out in like five minutes they go up like two hundred dollars in value oh wow oh. The, the the vinyl community is a whole other thing but Dude, a whole, like, whole other conversation when you're talking about like two like the vinyls are like four hundred dollars you know i'm doing the exchange rate in my head and i'm like that's like that's like if you said four hundred dollars you know what's that like six hundred or seven hundred dollars australian exactly <laughs> You know, dude, that's fucking incredible. It's it's just weird to think that, like, you know, that we're on this little, well, on you know, in Australia, that we're making in such a racket that you guys are like hearing about <laughs> us overseas. Even dude, the the chats, everyone, oh. they're on Coachella. Like, think Coachella is where freaking you know you got Beyonce, like the biggest artist. Like the chats are like in the middle of the lineup at Coachella, and all my friends are like, 
dude, I w- I'm not going to Coachella. And they're like, dude, the chats are on. I was like, oh, we got to go, dude. We got to go if the chats are there. Like, that was a conversation that I had at a party, like, last week. Oh, my God. It's man. funny. The chat set off as a pub, like, a made a pub song, and it just blew up from there. And they yeah. just made their own stuff. <laughs> the chats are from, like, rural Queensland, I think. <laughs> I, I, uh, Naughty, like, forget the, the rock scene and punk scene. Like, you know, they should know their stuff. But I went to high school in Northern California in this town called Chico. That's like the tiniest, it's like a couple miles long. It's the tiniest place in the world. No one knows even that it exists. But uh, I was there and we had a class because it was like a music school kind of. They have recording arts program, but they had a class called Pop Band where people would get in a group and they'd play instruments and we'd do covers. And I was in a band with you know people who are more you know let's say better players and there is another band who are my, like my best friends who I hang out with but they don't actually really normally play instruments they're just kind of there to have fun and there are people who listen to like BTS uh you know the they're like a k-pop boy band they, they listen to all pop music they, they don't listen to rock but they covered Smoko because they knew it from TikTok like the whole world <laughs> New Smoko by the chats, like people who don't even listen to rock music. It's crazy how much of an imprint that band made on, like not just the rock world, but the the music world. Like everyone knows that song because uh, it's like iconic. Do you even have Smoko over there? Like, do you know? Like, do you have you know? Like, um, do you know what Smoko is? Like, yeah, like a, a smoke break. Yeah, like a smoke break. Like, like, do you call what? What do you call it over there? Just a smoke break, or like, do you have that at like jobs and stuff? The entire concept of that was explained by the music video. Like, none of us had ever heard of anything like that. They were like, "What, what is smoke? Oh, like, like people thought that the lyric. Like, my friends were they was like, "I thought he said I want smoke. Oh, I didn't." But the lyric is, "I'm on smoke. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And, like you have to look it up. Uh, but yeah, like it. That was just a completely new thing to us. How to learn Australian slang? Oh, we'll put yeah. the chats on for you. <laughs> like in a, in Australia, if you have a if you work at like a job, right, you get like your lunch break, whatever. But if you're a smoker, you get an extra fifteen minute break. Like that's the smoko break. So the thing is, like that we have this like um, it's like a like a myth or like a stereotype where all the tradesmen, like plumbers and builders and stuff, are like all lazy pricks who go and smoko like a hundred times a day. You know, because they can take as many smoker breaks as they want. That's it's like a free, it's like a free pass to taking a break at any time. Yeah, that's what the stereotype uh, is. Awesome. Yeah. Just some, well, there wasn't another song about that before, so the, the, they're adding something new to the world. Yeah, man. Like, um, oh man, now you've just given me good like ideas to start like Australian like tri- like trivial things that are like bad. <laughs> yeah, just like uh, King Gizzard, they have that song Vegemite. And uh, like, I remember my aunt, she was like, What is that? I was like, I'm playing this Vegemite. She's like, What's Vegemite? It's like, What? Do you uh, eat Vegemite over there? Like, can you even buy it? No, it's not. Like, I, I honestly sort of half found out about it from King Gizzard. <laughs> like, it's just not a, a, a common thing. Whereas over there, it's, you know, like, it's all everywhere right like yeah man like like it's just 
like every time and like we've like had like american exchange students or like i, I meet americans or like you know i can you give it to them and it's just funny because their faces like they eat it and they, they just think it's the most disgusting thing ever because like it's like spread that you put on like um like like bread like if you're making toast or something you you put vegemite on toast and like it's really salty but like if you're Australian, like you grow up eating this since you're like, you know, like, like a toddler and you grow to like it. But if you're from anywhere else in the world, you eat it and they're like, oh. that's what I've heard about it. Uh, that's why I've never had it. But, oh, uh, man, we should you should eat it like, um, you know, <laughs> if are we allowed to send food over to you guys, yeah, yeah, we can. Yeah. Send you a I, think, I think it's like care packages you can send out for a website. You can just drop them off to people in different overseas um, stuff. You can just drop a box of Australian stuff to them. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, one day, like because my father, he he likes like this stuff called Branston pickle from it's like a UK spread or something and it just it reminds me of like like because it's like sweet but it's like salty but it's like it's just, it's just got everything in it's got like fruit in it but it's like barbecue sauce and it's like like if someone went into the fridge and got one of everything and put it in the blender which just to me sounds horrible yeah. but to them they grow up having it and it's like okay and they just <laughs> get used to it so like in america we're kind of like just weird like th there's nothing really that original other than the fact that we just deep fry everything uh i guess that's like the only thing america's really invented uh everything else is just borrowed from other cultures but the idea of excess is pretty american you know like buy one get three free you know <laughs> and that, and, and like the the county fair where they they get a Snickers bar and they dip it in batter and they deep fry it and then they put ice cream on it and then they put this on like they have some of that stuff like we just played at the, the fair here and seeing some of the food is just outrageous yeah. like here we just love deep fry and and I'm in California which is you know the least of that stuff. Yeah. California actually is kind of known for the opposite. Like people will be, say, you know, we put avocado on everything or, you know, salad, pizza and, you know, juicing. That's what California is known for, like the opposite of all that stuff. But when you go to the South, like they love deep frying stuff. Like it's crazy. Um, but I guess it's kind of like that in the UK too. The first time I ever tried a deep fried Mars bar was in the UK. So. Yeah, I was going to say that they invented the Mars bar, deep fried Mars bar over there. Yeah. yeah. That's something the world needed. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, what, you know, what's the, you know, when like bands, you were talking before about like, you know, Cage the Elephant and the Struts, when they're playing in, in, the, in America, are they playing big shows, man? Like, is it, you know, is it huge? Like, are they playing like little, you know, little stadiums or theaters? Like, what's the audience like over there so i think cage the elephant they probably play bigger shows than the struts but the struts definitely play huge shows uh the difference would be cage the elephant headlines uh the struts do their own headlining shows but like they're playing like in sacramento they they i don't know because there's there's huge like stadiums and stuff where i think the struts if they're playing stadiums they're probably like a the opening band 
but uh when they're playing like they, they do their own headlining chores and they play like the house of blues and stuff where it's like you know 1700 capacity whereas cage the elephant i think they're just slightly past that they're they're almost two arenas now uh their last tour they did they played they did a co-headlining tour with beck and uh i think that was like they were playing you know five thousand capacity stuff like that and then on festivals they're really high up the struts are also really high up on festivals but the, the one we just played Summerfest is one of those festivals though where it's like it's three weeks long and it doesn't repeat the lineup like Coachella it's three different lineups so and there's nine stages I think well uh, and all the nine stages have you know like A-list bands like uh, and then that's you know if that's and there's a Thursday even, so that's 12 days of eight, nine stages. Wow. With, so it, it's like every night is just a huge headliner. Like like at Coachella, there's three main headliners who are the, the, the main A-list acts. At Summerfest, there's 12. Yeah. So it's like. Dude, dude, I'm going to ask like a really dumb question, but like, how do you guys play shows if you're like under, under like 21? Like, does it not, does it not matter? Like, does it, no, it matters, dude. It's so annoying. Uh, it varies from place to place. Some places are chill about it. Some places they just make you write the X on your hand. Yeah. Some places they just don't book you. They're like, screw you. You're not playing here, period. And then some, uh, like you get there. And then they just make you freaking sit outside for the rest of the night. And it sucks. Um, and it really sucks for me because I'm not even trying to drink. Like the rest of the, like Foster, he uh, is 20 and a half. He's going to be 21 soon. But he has, you know, fake ID. He, you know, he likes to have a drink just like everyone likes to have a drink. But yeah. I myself, like, that's not my goal. And I go to a show, like, I'm just trying to see the band. We're trying to play the show. And, uh, that statement never comes across to the guys who were booking. <laughs> so they don't believe me. So I just got to wait. I got three more years. So. Oh, man. Like, yeah. Oh, well, if you come over here, man, you're, you're, you're legal tomorrow. So <laughs> yeah, you're legal as soon as you get off the plane. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Or even if you catch Qantas over here, man, like, I, I think once you get like in the, in the air, you're, you're legal, aren't you? Yeah. As yeah, soon as you're I mean, in the border, inside the borders, you can. Pretty much everywhere except the U.S. is weird about stuff like that. Like, What's is it the same? Like, can I just ask? Like, you're in you're in L.A., so is it the same with like weed and things like that? Like, you guys have that legalized there. Like, do you have to be 21 as well? I think it actually. I was just talking about it with someone. It is 21, but there's all sorts of exceptions. Like, weed is so, especially in California, dude. Like, it's the most con like they just sell it everywhere. I remember we went to Coachella and they had like a a weed just dispensary just everywhere they're just pushing weed everywhere uh and everyone is into it so it's like fine i think they're gonna legalize uh mushrooms and acid all sorts of stuff so, <laughs> <laughs> leaning it here with stuff like that uh so that that is one thing it's like the opposite of the you know how the conservatives they are with drinks but uh i don't know it's weird how just so many things with politics how uh like you you never want to get too into it but like some things it's like they're 
fine with this, but they're super against this thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like somewhere in between, you can tell someone's making this decision and someone completely different is making the other decision and they don't really, like, it's just weird. Yeah, but, yeah. It, it's, it seems really weird that, you know, that's, you can do that, but not that, you know, but, um, you know, a question about your music, like now, like, who are you listening to other than like, you know, the, some of the Australian bands that you mentioned, but like, who are your greatest influences? So my, of course, you go with the 60s. So like the Beatles are my all time favorite band ever. Yeah. And then the Doors and the who uh definitely in like live performances the who are like the best in live performances the beatles kind of like you know yeah. they don't they're you know they kind of stand there and hold their guitars they, they never really got a chance to rock hard on the stage yeah. but in every other way they are probably the best band um but then i also love you know nirvana and, and a lot of brit rock like 90s brit rock uh, I said super grasp, but like the Charlatans and Oasis and Blur and all that stuff. But then also um, one of my biggest, probably like my second favorite are, if I say the Beatles are my favorite, my second would have to be Jack White. White Stripes, the Tours, all thing, anything he, he touches or has anything to do with. Um, I love Jack White so much. And then from now, I mean, you know, Ty Siegel and the OCs, all the psych rock that's happening right now. And for the past 10 years, like Foxygen and uh, just all that stuff. Because, I mean, it's like the, because when you think about psych rock, it really didn't happen until like 1966. And then in 1969, it kind of ended. Like, like psychedelic music was only mm. a thing for a really tiny period of time. And then it went into like that, you know, the Vietnam War, Credence Clearwater, like everyone had you know, the army green and it was just yeah. like, and everyone went into either this like Southern territory of like folk rock or disco and just like psychedelic rock just died. It barely got a chance to exist. I mean, so the like, dead carried it a little bit. Like, you know, I think they were, yeah. <laughs> but like, I mean, that's the thing. It turned into like, like the stuff that I like that, you know, yeah. people like Tyson Gizzard are making now that, that world of using you know mellotron flutes and stuff like that in their music that turned into like you know frank zappa and king crimson like prog rock essentially and you know as cool as prog rock is you know it's not as ac accessible as you know like you listen to strawberry fields forever they're writing a, a song where all the parts are very intentional and it's a you know a good pop song that's three minutes whereas the people who use that kind of production like frank zappa they made freaking 17 minute joke songs and it wasn't in the mainstream yeah. whereas now people are coming back to that production and not not just that but you know like 2000 2010 maybe 2009 2008 and then it also got mixed with the like the psychedelic punk because that's the thing is king gizzard psychedelic but they're also you know a garage rock band at their yeah. core and the other thing is garage rock music started in like 1966 too because you have the sonics and the standells and 13 floor elevators all those guys who were you know they didn't have enough money to make a super awesome record so they just overdrove the preamps and they all sang into one microphone and yeah. it's just super like edgy and badass like by accident just because the preamp was being overdriven and uh that whole sound happened at the same time so they kind of the same people 
like the like Ty Siegel who were into psych rock, they were also into garage rock, and it kind of formed into one sound of just music from the 60s that people liked. So then in the 2010s, everyone was just like, hell yeah. And we have this whole world of like, you know, I guess the Flaming Lips, Ariel Pink, all those guys who are, because, you know, like DIY recording also got big and, you know, Mac DeMarco has a bit of that stuff. And synthesizers were just like being invented in like 1967 yeah. or so. Basically, yeah, the stuff didn't totally exist. Like, like punk didn't happen till after the '60s. Or that's another example. You know that band, the Babe Rainbow. Uh, <laughs> they're called the Babe Rainbow. They're an Australian band, and uh, they're really cool because they make like it's like disco some of their songs, but the production is completely analog, organic, and they're like a like a '60s sounding band. But the thing is, disco music didn't exist in the '60s, so the idea of like 60s production playing go uh oh, there you are you're back did, i get lost oh. oh yeah anyway the idea of like 60s production with disco it literally didn't exist in the 60s so to hear that that's like something completely brand new being added anyway. sorry <laughs> i keep getting a call and uh, I can't sit here. Actually, am I, am I off right now? Yeah, yeah. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Um, stop. I'm in an interview, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, dude. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I, I could go on forever about stuff like that. But uh, what were we talking about again? Oh, dude, you're talking about um, uh, an Australian band that, that sounded like um a disco band in the 60s and um yeah and then you can oh yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway 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 just music I, that was a big tangent i don't even know where we started but uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> well dude like i i you know i'll i'll just uh you know get away from like uh you know that that question because i don't even know where we're at with it anymore <laughs> but um i wanted to ask before too like you know how you're talking about like um like the history of like the doors and stuff like that and like real california music i'm just wondering like is there much of that history like still there like can you see can you like you know when you when you're walking around LA can you still see those kind of monuments and things that existed in the 60s and like is there people that um you know like appreciate that scene like still there oh totally like I mean when you go you can go to the store uh the store where the creatures meet uh you know right in Laurel Canyon and all, all the houses that existed in Laurel Canyon back in the 60s, they're all the same houses built out of like really crappy wood. And, uh, you know, you can go down to Venice where, you know, all the spots that they go to in the Doors movie, whenever, because I'm like three miles from Venice Beach, uh, listening to the Doors there, it's like, man, wow, these songs were written right here on the beach. You know, Jim was probably here with his pen and his little book writing freaking light my fire or whatever it is whatever the song was and uh but yeah the, the monuments like people still i don't know where it is but uh i always see people they recreate like the morrison hotel uh 
yeah album cover and stuff like it was funny actually it, it's kind of related um foster and hudson the drums and bass of velvet starlings when we met uh had a, my dad was with me and he had a target shirt on they were like oh it's the who we like the who i was like oh dude yeah the who are and they were like oh, i was like we just got back from a tour in the uk we just got back from the uk actually yesterday and he was like oh, oh dude we were there like a couple months ago and i was like oh were you guys on tour and they were like no we were just there for vacation trying to recreate the what's the story morning glory album cover (laughs) (laughs) it's just the funniest thing to me it's like dude these guys live it man they they went all the way to the uk to recreate the album cover (laughs) (laughs) like that that was the statement that was like okay these guys are gods they know what's up and uh (laughs) yeah like people the but yeah here in in the, you know the monuments are still here uh and, and people still like the doors um i don't know what are some other rock monuments like i don't like, know like people still strip, go to like, like there's the sunset strip still like like cool or is it just like uh well you know the whiskey and the viper room and all those places that are on the strip they are I mean, there, there's a lot of billboard. It's definitely been gentrified, but those spots specifically, they're kind of like known as that. Like, like you're not going to see the super cool bands play. That The only place, the Troubadour is still considered cool. Yeah. But uh, the Whiskey-A-Go-Go is not the same Whiskey-A-Go-Go that Jim Morrison played at. That's what I will say. <laughs> oh, okay. But it's still there, and it's got yeah. the sign. And uh, if you're in town, like, they still got poster or photos up of doors in there. Yeah, cool, man. I just like, I just wondered, you know, over the years, have they just kind of painted over that kind of world that existed, you know, years ago? I mean, it still, still looks pretty awesome. You know, you know like, uh, what's this? Quentin Tarantino, what's Fun Time in Hollywood? Like, uh, what's the restaurant they go to? Like, all, all the stuff they were able to film on location for the whole movie because, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff really does still look the same. Uh, a lot of the clubs, a lot of things didn't do that well because of COVID. But, uh, yeah. like, a couple of our favorite venues they got closed down. Nice. But, uh, uh, that's a shame. But at least... But other, oh, sorry. They got, they, other venues, they got bought out by Live Nation. And uh, it is bad because, you know, they're going to control everything. But it's also good because they added awesome lights and stage stuff and screens and all sorts of cool stuff that, you know, they didn't have before. So it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. Yeah, there's been a few um, venues that closed down during COVID last year because of just a lack of money, of course. And there's been a few um, venues had to do charities just to, keep them, just to keep them going. So they had like a few like charity at the Crowbar where like 50, 40 different band members came in to play and it just it worked out they raised so much money they could last another like four months because they got no pokies it's just like like bar a restaurant and then there's just like a big venue area so places like that don't exist as much as they used to in sydney because of covid just shut down everything and the music scene's just tiny bit you know not there so it's a bit of a shame yeah you know what pokies are 
Like when Paul said that, I was like, what gaming, um, like slot that? machine, slot machine. Sorry, yeah, slot machine. <laughs> it's a big thing over here because we rely on those machines to keep the economy running. <laughs> yeah, I never see them. Uh, like there are slot machines, like like in Las Vegas, I've seen them, but uh, like in California, I don't know if I've ever seen one. <laughs> They probably don't have to rely on it like it's us. <laughs> so that's probably the difference. <laughs> but uh, the slang. Yeah, I was just wondering, as Paul was saying that, I was like, dude, do you know what the slop, like the, you know, the, the pokies, you know, word means? Like, I was just, you know, hoping that it cleared up because I was, you know, in case there was any confusion there for a second. <laughs> there was a tiny bit, I'm going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah man like where do you want where in the, like the next 12 months do you want to take the velvet starlings like how far do you guys want to go like what's the plans well in terms of taking that question literally where do we want to go we're going to australia dude but uh uh in terms of just in general ideally we just like to keep doing what we're doing playing shows making new records uh going to shows um for velvet starlings uh we just are hoping for an upward trajectory um you can't really plan for success but it's not good to plan for failure either because otherwise you know you you aim high and you fall somewhere in between yeah uh that that's the best you can do absolutely man but um, I think we're opening the borders in December. So if you can, if you can uh, rustle up all the dudes and like, um, you know, come over here, like, uh, yeah, I don't think we'll be locked down again because I don't think our government uh, wants to, you know, can afford to do it again. So I think you'd be pretty safe if you come over here early next, sometime next year or, you know, during December. So yeah, I think international yes, travel opens in December. We're ready. December, we can we're open ready. international. From LA, Sydney's open in December, what I saw last night. I think, I think Sydney and uh, Melbourne, the only places that have opened up to like London and LA at the moment in December. Well, you know, I could be a freaking February tour or a March tour. Uh, we'll have our next record coming out by then. So, man, that's soon. Yeah, man. Like, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's certainly not far away. Like that'd be, could so be wrong. I could be wrong over here, man. Like, uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be awesome. I think you guys will be shocked. You know, I think you'll you'll be very jealous of like the beaches and stuff. Yeah, dude, actual clear water. The water here sucks. <laughs> like, do you even have like good waves and stuff like to surf? Like, I know there are surfers, but like, you know, I, in videos and stuff, it looks it looks kind of shit. Like, no, <laughs> no offense. <laughs> There's good waves in other places that aren't LA, but. LA it kind of sucks for anything just the water itself is freaking just gray like you can't see anything there's no fish so <laughs> oh man like you gotta you're gonna love it yeah it's probably like Spongebob over there I want to go yeah <laughs> the funny colors yeah dude one myth I just want to like spoil for you is like everyone like that I meet from the states is like like um thinks that we have like all these dangerous like animals but like I don't think we do like, you know, like if you go in the outback, you'll see snakes and like crocodiles up in the north part. But like for the rest of Australia, like there's nothing. I feel like you guys have more 
you know, fucking freaky animals, the nasty. You got like raccoons and like uh, like tarantulas and like you know snakes and coyotes and shit and like mountain lions. What the fuck is a mountain lion? Like that, that looks scary, dude. Yeah, dude. It's all the the celebrities. I remember all the kids at school who were rich. They'd always come home and or come to school and be like, "My cat got eaten by a coyote last night." It's like like it's and in there they're all in the mountains because everyone who's super rich lives in their their mansions on the hill and on the hill all the freaking mountain lion or coyotes all those those dudes they hang out and they eat famous people's cats <laughs> it's just what they do <laughs> yeah well, i didn't know that that's cool <laughs> I, dude, I saw a video of one on like tiktok and that it looks scary as shit like it was it was huge i was like what do you even do if you come across that thing you die. Yeah, pretty much. That <laughs> <laughs> doesn't look like you're gonna get away. <laughs> oh man. But um, how long has this interview been going for? Oh, I think it's about fifteen minutes. Yeah, oh, man. Nice. It's been good. I've been enjoying it. It's been fun. Yeah, I think I like this. Gonna watch this, man, and just like uh, have a laugh, which is good as well. Like you know, it'll be a fun interview, I think. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I love freaking doing interviews, especially people who get the Australian music scene. Sometimes I talk to people here and they're like, you know, just like stuff from America. Or you talk to like my dad, he just likes stuff from England. Uh, but dude, we got to come to Australia. We want to so bad. Yeah, man. It's like, bring you sunblock. Yes. <laughs> we're, we're used to the hot sun here in California. But I could imagine it could probably get pretty hot over there. You, you def, you'll definitely get along with the bands down here, man. I could tell already. You've already got Blake Towers following you, so that's pretty. That's a good start already. Yeah. Oh. Oh, well, man. thanks for having us, dude. No worries. Is there any like, before we wrap this up, dude? Is there anything that you like? You want to say? You want to plug? You want to like? You know? Um, I'll I'll pass the mic to you. I mean basically the main thing is just we have our debut record technicolor shakedown coming out on september 29th and we're super psyched to freaking come to australia oh beautiful man well hopefully uh you know somebody will watch this and uh make it happen for you man you know get in touch with you like a lot of our you know audience at the moment is just sydney musicians so yeah well hell yeah if we want to freaking just set up a show with some some sydney bands or even just go to like when we go there we'd be down to like just stay in australia and just watch bands and go to shows and live the life dude when you're in australia, let us know and we'll come we'll, you know we'll come have some beers with you guys you know it'd be fun yeah dude i can drink beer there yeah. <laughs> like fast forwarding three years into the future yeah man like it but if you smoke weed here they'll lock you in jail so <laughs> <laughs> i've actually never smoked weed i've never smoked weed oh man i think I, I, we think that everyone in la must smoke weed because it's you know you just can't yeah well the rest of the band they they smoke a lot of weed so they they, they balance it out for me yeah yeah nice man well thank you for coming on man and uh yeah let us know when you're here for sure awesome dude all right, I'll see you guys. See you later, man. Peace.